Well, today we're going to be wrapping up our series, The Key to a Happy Life. Proverbs 3 and 13 says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom. What's the key to a happy life? Wisdom. Wisdom. That's kind of half-hearted there. Some of you still unconvinced after nine weeks, but we're going to wrap it up today. The Bible says, happy is the man who finds wisdom. Wisdom helps us be happy because when we make wise choices, we end up in a good place in life. Foolish choices will eventually lead you to misery. One area of life that really impacts the quality of our life and the length of our life dramatically is our health. It's an issue that all of us sooner or later are going to deal with. Now, when you're young, you don't think much about that usually, hopefully. But all of us, as we age, we begin to deal with health issues more and more. Old man Johnson limped into the doctor's office and he said, Doctor, my knee hurts so bad I can hardly walk. The doctor looked him over, examined him and everything, and he said, Mr. Johnson, how old are you anyway? He said, I'm 98. The doctor looked at him a few more minutes. He said, well, what did you expect? I mean, you're 98 years old, and your knee hurts. Old man Johnson said, well, my other knee is 98 also, and it don't hurt. (laughs) Oh, to be 98 and only have a little knee pain, right? But... Really and truly, I want us to understand how important this is in our life. A few years ago, they did a survey and asked people what was the focus of their New Year's resolutions. And guess what was number one? Health. It beat out work and money and everything else. Their number one goal involved their health, just being healthy. You know, a lot of times when you're sick... It's hard to work, it's hard to make money, you miss work. Especially if you're dealing with serious illness, you can miss a lot of work. But not only is it an impact because you miss work, it's also a financial impact because health care is so expensive, it can drain your finances. The number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States is health care costs. Amazing. I'm telling you, you see, our health affects every part of our life. It really does. And so this is a critical area for us to learn to be wise, to be health-wise. You know, it's amazing how when you or a family member has a serious health problem, it just affects everything else. It's hard to be happy when you're hurting. It's hard to be happy when you don't feel good, when you're sick. And whenever you talk about health and healing, there's always difficult issues. There are questions without answers, and it can be a really sensitive subject, especially when uh, you have lost a loved one, and most of us have. And so today, I, I know this may be a difficult subject for some of you, but please receive it in the way that it is intended, that is to help us to live a healthy life. All right. At Grace Church, we absolutely believe 
that the Lord heals. We believe what he said when he said, I am the Lord who heals you. We believe Psalm 103 verse 3 that says, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Jesus never turned anyone away who came to him in faith. We believe, Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still does miracles. And I don't want anyone to take the wrong thing away from this message. You you need to understand, yes, no matter what your situation and how you got there, our God can still do a miracle. I don't put any limits on the Lord healing anybody, no matter how they got in that condition. I want that to be very clear and very plain. But I also want to say this, that so often God expects us to do the part that we can do. And then he does the part that we can't do. That's why it's called a miracle. And you see, we understand this. It's real obvious in a lot of areas of life. Like last week, we talked about our finances. The Lord is our provider, but it is foolish for us to think that we don't have to work and we can just spend like crazy, doesn't matter what we do with our money, and God will provide. And it is equally foolish for us to think that we can just make bad choices throughout our life regarding our health and everything's just going to be fine and we're going to have divine health. Got real quiet. But it's the same principle. You see, we need to be wise about our life and how we choose to live because it affects our health and that in a huge way affects how happy we are. We've made foolish choices, I'm going to say it one more time, that affected our health. Our Lord is merciful, and He can heal us. But that doesn't mean it's okay to tempt the Lord by doing foolish things and acting like it doesn't matter how you live. Now, there is not always a connection between lifestyle and sickness. We need to understand that. I mean, I've seen that uh, with my own sweet wife that here's somebody that makes wise choices and yet she went through cancer. And I'm just saying that there's not always that connection where, well, you did this and this is why this happened. We live in a fallen world where there is sin and sickness and disease and death. We have an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But... I also know this, that our God does heal, and it does make a difference how you live. We need to make wise choices. The choices we make have a tremendous impact on the quality of our life and the length of our life. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. He says, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He's talking about his words of wisdom. And then here's verse 22. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Life to those who find them. Health to all their flesh. He's talking about our body. The words of wisdom are life 
and health to our body. We need to understand that. Not just the scriptures that mention health, but living in the wisdom of God will bring life and health to you. One pastor was writing about illness that he had seen in his church, and he said, there are more suffering people today than I've ever seen in my 55-plus years in ministry. It may be that just that people are living longer, but many of those that request prayer are not really old people. I think our lifestyle, our eating habits, etc., contribute to a great deal to the downward health trend in this country. And I think more than ever before, we need to make wise choices in regard to our health. First, to be health-wise, we have to choose to live by the principles of God's Word. Real simple statement. We have to choose to live by the principles of God's Word. For much of this series, we have read from Proverbs chapter 3. In fact, our key verse is from Proverbs chapter 3. want to go there Again, in Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, he says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. This is what wisdom does. Then in Proverbs 3, 7 and 8, he says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Listen, this is not some kind of spiritual analogy. He's talking about your flesh. Health to your flesh and strength to your bones. This will help you to be healthy if you will take heed to the word of the Lord. You notice here that he talks about to fear the Lord and depart from evil. It makes a difference how we live. When we don't keep the word of God, we don't obey the scripture, we are disrespecting the Lord. We're disregarding Him. We're refusing to fear the Lord. But when we do, the benefits are awesome. Health to your flesh, strength to your bones. You know, there's some ways it's real obvious when we disobey God's Word that it can directly affect our health, like excessive drinking. What a huge impact it has on so many people, that it shortens their life. And so often they end up with some kind of illness that is just miserable before they die. And it's in direct disobedience to the Word of God. We talked about two weeks ago that he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. That's what the Scripture says. There is a very direct connection there. But I also want you to understand there are many principles of Scripture where it might not be quite so obvious, but when we ignore them, it affects our health indirectly. Let me give you some examples. The Scripture tells us over and over and over again, in fact, the Lord Jesus tells us this many times, forgive. If you don't forgive, you will become bitter And it will infect you from the inside out. You know, some people have put it this way. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison, hoping that it will affect the person that wronged you. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says three times, 
Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Now, in the old King James, it's take no thought. <laughs> but it, the, the principle there is, is that we're not supposed to be worrying. You don't think about something going over and over, the negatives and all. Do not worry, he says. And here's what I understand about that. That if my Lord tells me to not to do something and I do it anyway, that's a sin. It doesn't have to say, thou shalt or thou shalt not. It doesn't have to be listed as one of the commandments. When my Lord says, do not worry, do not worry, I get it. I'm not supposed to worry. And there is a, a very indirect but very real impact of that on our physical body. We were not designed to live with stress and anxiety all the time. And it takes a toll on us. What's stressing you out? Work, money, bills, family, sometimes, right? A doctor noticed his patient's ruddy complexion and commented about it. And the patient said, it's high blood pressure, doc. It comes from my family. He said, your mother's side or your father's side? He said, oh, no, my wife's side. <laughs> the doctor said, how can that be? He said, Doc, you just ought to meet them. All <laughs> right? joking aside, stress has a huge impact on your health. Stress decreases the effectiveness of your immune system. At the same time, it creates inflammation in the body that can cause heart disease and joint problems and weight gain. I think I just figured out my problem. <laughs> All kinds of problems. Stress can be a catalyst for high blood pressure, stomach ulcers, headaches, even cancer. Some of you think you're invincible. You can handle it. I still remember 2007. I was 47. I thought I could handle anything. We started doing two services for the first time. We didn't have a youth pastor, and I was doing stuff with the youth all the time, teaching a class, but also setting up all their stuff and doing their activities on Sunday night. I was also doing a Saturday night uh, growth group for college age, and um, guess what? The stress took its toll. I went to the doctor. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I know what was wrong with me. And you see, a lot of the time, it's hard for us to get to the place where we admit that these things impact us. Here's what we need to hear. The Word of God is always true. Amen. And when we think that we're an exception, we've been deceived. We're being foolish. And here's the principle of Scripture. We're not designed to live with stress and worry. We're not supposed to be doing that. Right. In fact, I want to read it from Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, what a wonderful thing when that peace comes and guards your heart and mind. But you know what happens to a lot of people? They don't really understand the principle here. You know, they, they, they pray for 15 seconds, and they get up from prayer, and they say, Well, I'm still stressed. I still feel it. It didn't say pray this little, you know, throw up that little prayer. Here's how long you need to pray. Now, don't misunderstand me. God can hear a 15-second prayer. That's right. 
But you need to pray until you get peace. If you didn't get peace yet, you ain't done. See, he says to pray with thanksgiving. That means that you pray and you're thanking God for taking care of it. And when you can turn it over to God and you got the peace that passes understanding. Nothing's changed, but peace is guarding my heart and my mind. Praise the Lord. That's what we need. So you just got to pray until the peace comes. Because you're not supposed to be anxious about anything. God is big enough to take care of it. When we live by the principles of Scripture, it is health to our whole body. Next, to be wise about our health, we have to be wise in our daily routine. Here's an obvious example. Brushing your teeth. Just that little thing. It's not fun. I mean, I, I could be doing something better for those three minutes. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. Brushing your teeth is way, way better than root canals. Anybody ever had one besides me? Not that fun. And here's the thing. It may seem like it's a really, really long time off for some of you. But there will come a day when you are glad to have your own teeth. Mm -hmm. My sweet mother, she had, I think it was seven gold crowns. And she told us, she said, now when I die, y'all be sure and get them. No, no, no. The Bible doesn't talk much about exercise, but here's one verse that mentions it plainly. 1 Timothy 4, 8. Bodily exercise profits a little. Oh, it does profit a little. But godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of this, for this life now, that now is and the one which is to come. But So we see in this verse that godliness is way more important than exercise. But don't discount the exercise it still is important. I think it's especially important in our day with a lot of our modern conveniences, we have become so sedentary. You need to realize that in the time when Scripture was written, everybody walked everywhere they went. You want to be more like Jesus? He walked everywhere he went except for that short ride on the little donkey. You know what I'm saying? He walked everywhere. And this was the way it was for thousands of years. I mean, you think about old Mo Moses. At 80 years old, God calls him to go back to Egypt and to lead his people out. And for 40 years, he literally leads them in the wilderness, walking everywhere he went. They didn't carry him around on a bed. At 120 years old, he finally passes away. And the scripture says that his eyes were not dim and his strength was not abated. He was still a strong man at 120 years old. Lived a full life, a healthy life. So, here's what I want to say about this. If you have a job where you do a lot of physical labor and you get a lot of exercise, praise the Lord. But if you sit at a desk, a computer, you don't, you're not getting exercise every day in your work. You need to make it a priority because, again, our bodies were not designed to be idle. 
You need to figure out some kind of an exercise plan that you can do. There's a cumulative effect from exercise. Even just a few minutes every day over a long period of time, at the end of a year, you're going to see a difference, you see. At the end of 10 years, you're going to see a big difference. At the end of 30 years, it's going to make a huge difference in your health and consequently being in a happy place. Now, a lot of people, they, they go, they're going to go at it hard. You know how this goes. If you hadn't done it, you've seen people do it. They go to the gym and they work out for two hours super hard, and that's it. They're done. All they got was sore. <laughs> Listen, I'm not talking about doing something for a day or a week or even just one month. I'm talking about a routine, a daily routine, and by daily, it doesn't necessarily, I'm not saying you got to exercise every single day, but it needs to be a regular part of your schedule that this is something that you do. Some of you might say, oh, I can't do any of that. I can't go to the gym. Listen, you start where you are. If all you can do is walk around the block or halfway and back, or that'd be the same one, a fourth of the way and back. Listen, you start where you are, but you do something. And it's amazing how that continued exercise over time gets easier and better and it makes a difference in how you feel and how you look. And we all like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you neglect your health for a day. And you don't usually see any kind of consequence, even when you neglect it for a week. And you may wonder what the big deal is. But when you neglect it for years and years and years, eventually it catches up with you and the consequences can be severe. Another part of our daily routine is our eating habits. It plays such a big role in the long run. Food is good. Amen. Especially Mexican food. In the Garden of Eden, God created food for man, and he said it was good. But like most things, when it becomes an excess, then it can be unhealthy. And of course, we all know this, that a big part of the problem with, again, our day and time, it's different. There's so much processed food, so much sugar, so many things that are bad for you in our food today that a thousand years ago were never even imagined. And we need to be wise about our choices talking about food. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, and 13, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. He says we're not to be brought under the power of anything. The NIV says mastered. See, we shouldn't allow some food addiction in our life. If you're addicted to caffeine, if you're addicted to sugar, maybe you need to go on a fast and break that thing. You know, you're going to have some headaches. It's going to be ugly. But the truth is, is that we can't allow ourselves to be mastered by anything except Jesus. And so we need to deal with those food issues and get ourselves under control. I know for some of us, that's a real uphill battle. It's a great struggle. But there's a big payoff if we eat right. And I know you might feel like if you've tried before and you failed, like it just, you just can't. Here's the thing. 
if you think you can't, you can't. So you need to get an I can attitude. And here's how you do that. I'm not talking about something worldly. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. I can do all. I can do this. I can get victory over my eating. Listen, I'm preaching myself right now. I can. I can get victory over my bad eating habits. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, we need that kind of discipline. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about how athletes have to train and they're so disciplined. And we've all seen that certainly in our culture. But 1 Corinthians 9.27, he wraps up that teaching with this. He says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection lest when I preach to others I myself should become disqualified. And here's the principle that he says he disciplines his body. He doesn't allow his body to rule him. Instead, he keeps it under subjection. He decides what he's going to eat, what he's going to do. And I want to encourage you this morning that with the Lord's help and His strength, we can do that. And so many people wait till they have serious health issues before they decide to do anything about their health. And I want to tell you, it's so much better to do it now. You see, you go to the doctor, you know, you have serious health issues and you, you talk to the doctor and he says, well, now that you've had a heart attack, this is the way it's going to be. you got to do this and you can't do that. You get diabetes and the doctor will tell you, okay, here's the, here's the rules. This is what you can eat and this is, this is what you need to do. And some of you, you know that. You've, heard, you've had those conversations with the doctor. You know how important it is. How much better if you do it now? And you avoid some of that. And I'm not saying you can always avoid it. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying so often we find ourselves in those places over a lifetime of bad decisions. The next part is not so much about our daily routine as it is our nightly routine. We need rest. Sleep is so important to your health. In fact, medical studies now, they've elevated this to be one of the most important things of being healthy is that you get good sleep. So, so many of us, we just push ourselves, we burn the candle at both ends, and, you know, rest is that time that our body recovers. In fact, our mind, our brain gets to recover, we heal, we prepare for the next day. God thought rest was a good idea. He thought it was such a good idea, he made a day of rest. Right. Amen. Mark 2, 27, Jesus said Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. And we just need to understand our rest is important. I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm talking about getting good rest. And I just want to say, don't brag about getting so little sleep and how you can go in just four hours. Most often, I wake up somewhere around four in the morning. And it ain't nothing to brag about. I brag when I get to sleep till six. I mean, I brag when the alarm actually woke me up. It almost never happens. I think it happened once in the last three years. I don't even know what that's like, hardly. But what I'm saying to you, though, is that I got a problem. I need to fix it. Because our sleep so affects our health. It so affects the quality of our life. It so affects our effectiveness in whatever we do. And I'm just telling you, we need to realize how important this is. We all do better when we have a good night's sleep. 
There is a man in the scripture in Philippians chapter 2. I'm not going to read the story here, but just for time's sake. But his name is Epaphroditus. And he was somebody who helped and worked with the Apostle Paul. And it tells us this story about how the Epaphroditus became sick unto death. Here he is doing the work of the Lord. In fact, Paul makes it clear that it was his faithful service to the Lord. He worked so hard that he did not care about himself and he became deathly ill and they prayed for him, and God healed him. A great example of somebody not being wise, and yet the Lord healed them. But I just want you to understand that no matter how great your responsibilities, no matter what the cause of your effort and your sacrifice might be, you can't be effective, you can't help anybody if you're sick. And we need to be wise about getting good rest and taking care of ourselves. We've been reading from Proverbs chapter 3 over and over throughout this series. Proverbs 3.24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Now he's talking about when you live in wisdom, but I just want you to see here that we can have this good sleep. Psalm 480 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. See, whatever thoughts are troubling you when you put your head on the pillow, you need to turn those over to the Lord. You need to realize God is big enough to take care of it. You're not going to solve it laying in your bed unless God speaks to you. That's different. But we need that sleep every night. Next, to be health-wise, well, you got to keep your heart right. We read Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 earlier. I want to read 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. By the way, right now we're doing a series on the heart on Wednesday night. But our attitudes, our desires, and even the words of our mouth, they all flow out of our heart. And when our hearts are full of bitterness, anger, stress, judgment, uh, spirit of criticism, listen, it tears down our own health. Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart does good like a medicine. Some of you need to laugh more. You need to have fun. Amen. You need to hang around some kids, maybe get involved in children's ministry. A merry heart does good like a medicine. I want to tell you something. A grumpy heart will hurt you. It'll drag your health down. It has a direct impact on your happiness and on your really living for God and doing what God wants you to do. And Proverbs 14.30 says, A sound heart is life to the body, but enviness is rottenness to the bones. Life to the body. You know, I mentioned this already, but it's out of our heart that we speak things. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A few weeks ago, we talked about how important our words are. Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. 
Proverbs 12, 18, there is one who speaks speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. This is not figurative. He's actually talking about our bodies. He's talking about our health. The words of our mouth are so important. And where do they come from? Out of our heart. See, the way we talk, it affects other people, but most of all, it affects us. When people complain and gossip and critical of other people, I'm telling you, it's affecting their own health. To be wise, this one's going to be different, all right? To be health-wise, we have to choose to avoid accidents. Everybody's thinking, well, of course we would. But people do foolish things all the time and find themselves in harm's way because they put themselves in harm's way. And Jesus called that tempting the Lord. Satan said, cast yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple. He said, cast yourself down. He'll give his angels charge to bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And it is tempting the Lord when we know that something is dangerous, but we're just going to throw caution to the wind and do it anyway. The number one cause of death for teenagers is not any disease. It's an accident. So many make foolish choices that put themselves in harm's way. So, almost every day now in the news, you see another report of someone who was accidentally killed by a gun. A lot of times people are just foolish in how they handle guns. And the consequences are terrible. How about this? When somebody drinks and drives, can we all agree that they are putting themselves and others in harm's way? It's about to get ugly now. I set you up. Just saying. If you text while you drive... You're not cool. You're not smart. You're not a better driver than everybody else. You're just being foolish. I told you it was going to get ugly. Listen to this verse. I think somehow the Lord had our generation in mind. Proverbs 4.25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. I know that some of you are going to have to go check these statistics out for yourself. You are 23 times more likely to have a wreck while you're texting. And here's the one that just blows the mind. We all agreed about the drunk driving. You are six times more likely to cause a wreck texting than driving while intoxicated. And yet, somehow, we think it's okay. If you want to know, that comes from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Now, when I share stuff like that, 
That's not the Word of God. I'm just letting you know that these things are real, that we need to... I'm, I'm not basing my sermon on what the Highway Association says, but I'm just wanting you to see that from the Word of God, we have to take heed. We have to be wise. We can't just live foolishly, make foolish choices. There's a, there's a price to pay. There's an impact for that. Not done. 77% of young adults claim they are very or somewhat confident they can safely text and drive. And here's the thing. The real sin behind reckless behavior is pride. They think they're better, smarter, above the rules. And pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. We need to be wise. We need to throw aside our pride and choose to be wise in how we conduct ourselves, the things that we do, how we live our lives. I want to wrap up this message and this series with this. When we make wise choices, the payoff is huge. Wisdom impacts every area of our life and we find ourselves in a happy place. We live the best kind of life. We live life to the fullest. We live an abundant life. That's what we're supposed to have. And we live out the plan, the purpose, the will of God in our life and fulfill what he has for us. I don't want the enemy to be able to slow me down or stop me from fulfilling everything that God has for me. And so we choose to be wise. I want to give you a couple of examples of great men that lived this out. I read that John Wesley traveled 250 miles a week for 40 years. And by the way, I also read that he usually rode horseback. They say that during the course of his life, he rode 250,000 miles. Wow, is right. But he preached 40,000 sermons. He produced 400 books, knew 10 languages. At 83, he was annoyed that he could not write more than 15 hours a day without hurting his eyes. And at 86... He was ashamed he could not preach more than twice a day. He complained in his diary that there was an increasing tendency to lie in bed until 5.30 in the morning. I don't know if all of that is 100% true, but I do know this, that he did live to be 87 years old, and he had such a tremendous impact on the world that his impact still is happening today. The life and the ministry that he lived is amazing. And I read his books still today. This was a man that fulfilled what God had for him. And he made a lot of wise choices. Wesley recommended that people eat less than they desire. He stayed slim himself, around 128 pounds. But it wasn't about a diet, or being slim. No, for him, it was the practice of making sure that his desires did not control him. 
And you see, that's the way it needs to be for us in regards to our health especially, but in every part of our life, we can't allow our desires to control us. Reminds me of another great man of God, our former pastor Harold Nichols, who pastored this church for 50 years. He retired from pastoring at 83, but even after that, until he was 93, he still stayed active in ministry, preaching until he was 93, and he passed away. Brother Nichols was such a great example to us in many ways. One of the things, though, that was notable about him was how he always had a song in his heart. Didn't matter what he was doing, he might be trimming the hedges, but he'd be singing. You know, it just it was just something. He had a merry heart, and it did him good like a medicine. Here's something that he had in common. Another thing he had in common with John Wesley. He loved dessert, but he always kept his portions small. Not just the dessert, but the meal. And he always left a little bit on his plate. He called it a fasted life. Listen, he didn't do a lot of fasting, but, he, but at every meal, he denied himself just a little bit. He kept it under control. And I just want to tell you, these great men, you see, they were wise in how they lived. And they fulfilled all God had for them. We can too, but we need to be wise in how we live. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray.